Welcome to the Vault Studios Fantasy Football Podcast, your one-stop shop for all fantasy football info. Here are your hosts. Welcome to the Vault Studio Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Lewis, and as always, I'm joined by my man, Corey, as we head into week 12. How are you doing? I'm good, Lewis. Thanks for uh, starting us off here. Uh, I'm kind of stuffed from a little turkey dinner that I had tonight. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's get it. I'm getting a little. I'm like, if I fall asleep, then you'll know why. A little bit of trip to fan coma. He's going <laughs> to drift off. Corey, Corey, wake up. Yeah, oh, yeah uh, as, as Corey's had his, his uh, turkey day dinner, and of course, we had. Three games on the Thanksgiving slate, which we're going to dive into a little bit here before looking ahead to the rest of the games. Of course, we want to wish all of our listeners, and especially those in America, a happy Thanksgiving. Hope you had a great day with your families, ate all of the food, drank all of the drinks, and weren't too depressed by what was not the most exciting slate of football. Certainly got off to a bad start. And let's go there right now with the Chicago Bears and Detroit Lions we expected this game to be booty cheeks. We got a game that was booty cheeks. Fortunately, we didn't have to see Tim Boyle because uh, that just would have been the icing on the cake. It's being subjected to. But we got Jared Goff, who you know made some plays against the Chicago Bears defense, but really this was a low-scoring game. Uh, the Bears were able to to ice it out with like an eight-minute drive uh, in the final quarter. The Lions couldn't get a stop for love nor money. And it was ended with a walk-off field goal. So not a lot of excitement from a fantasy perspective. But unfortunately, once again, we're now talking about a starting running back with immense fantasy value who's gone down with injury. And that is, of course, DeAndre Swift, Corey. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I'm DeAndre Swift truther as as bigger one is they come and to see him kind of in a puddled heap uh just add another running back to the mess of injuries and everything else um, that has been the 2021 season um i don't think it's any more than usual on um, the injuries and stuff it just feels that way um especially with the top guys uh so I, it's just a, a really tough injury it doesn't look good and it looks like now jamal williams will be you know, after going through his own injury stuff, so he, I mean, he hadn't been active for a while. Right. I think he was active last week, but um, was his first week back, and he'd been out for like three or four weeks before that. So he's dealing with his own things. I mean, they got Jameer Jefferson's a little bit of an interesting name, but I think he got banged up after scoring a touchdown last week. So it's just a mess. Yeah. Look for the Lions. Look for the Lions to be active in the uh, you know in the free agency market. Potentially, you know, Adrian Peterson might be a name that they that they look to bring in. Did he play for the Lions like two he years did. ago? Last, last, last year, year, right? So they might look yeah. to have a you know a reunion with Adrian Peterson, who's been released by the Titans. Um, I know he's still looking to to try and play. So yeah, that that could be a name to keep an eye on. Just as a note here, a little dynasty note, we like to sprinkle that in from time to time. DeAndre Swift has climbed to running back three in DLF's dynasty rankings. Is that on the money for you? Too low, too high? What are you feeling there, Corey? Yeah, that's what I'm feeling. I think it's about right because you don't want to give up on the talent that he is. Um, I got offered 
um, two first round picks for him in a dynasty league. I just, it's probably fair. Um, I just didn't want to do it. Um, I guess it all depends on your roster construction and where your, your team's at, obviously. Um, I'm in the, I'm kind of in that, that, um, tanking kind of mode. So he's one of the guys that I'm trying to build upon. So if you're not in that, if you're kind of in the middle and you have other guys that you can kind of build with, then I don't mind, you know, I, I wouldn't have mind that trade. So, yeah, I think he is in the top five of dynasty running backs. I just, yeah, that situation there isn't the best, but talent is definitely there. Right. And that's the thing. The situation can only get better. The offense can only get better. And at just 22 years old, gaining some NFL experience I like what I've seen from DeAndre Swift so far. Sometimes he hasn't been the most efficient runner, but of course, circumstance can dictate that. He's an excellent pass catcher, and they're slowly bringing him along. He's you know, younger than rookie Najee Harris. Uh, Saquon Barkley's injuries are starting to catch up on him. And Dalvin Cook is 26 years old, as is Alvin Kamara. Nick Chubb is 25 and always feeling like he's stuck in a bit of a committee. So it feels just right. And to be honest, maybe being a bit of a hot take, I have no problem in a startup draft taking DeAndre Swift ahead of Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, well, you know, I I don't – yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, I have no problem with that at all. Cool. Um, The last thing I will say, I've got to to, uh, doff the cap to you here because – if I recall correctly on last week's show, you you you, you mentioned Josh Josh Reynolds by name. I did. I you did. mentioned I Josh did. Reynolds by name, and all of a sudden Josh Reynolds stepping up and catch hauling a bomb, a bomb from Jared Goff, which is something that we're not used to seeing. It had been dump off, dump off, dump off, dump off to DeAndre Swift out of nowhere, uncorked one to Josh Reynolds. And you know, there is there's snaps and targets up for grabs in this very uninspiring wide receiver room. And Josh Reynolds has shown time and time again, he can play a bit at this NFL level. He's bounced around teams a little bit, but there's always a team looking to give him a job. And for him to not be on the team for all that long and to come in and, and certainly garner the the, 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 um, the production that he has to this point, you have to like Josh Reynolds going forward and potentially playing for a job with this team uh, in the next couple of years. Yeah, definitely. I think he's a, a nice dart throw, especially in deeper um, leagues or deeper dynasty mm. leagues or whatever. Um, you might still be able to find him on the waiver wire somewhere because, yeah, the situation was weird. He was kind of that guy, it you know, with the Rams that was just being annoying all the time to like Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and was like, oh, Josh Reynolds had a game today. Right. Um, he was buried there, but he, he, yeah. he flashed. And he was an annoying because right. everyone else rusted those guys, like you said. And then he went signed that big deal with Tennessee, which was always going to kill his value because <laughs> um, it just wasn't going to happen. And they kind of didn't use him like they don't use any of their free agent acquisitions <laughs> at wide receiver. So, um, And then he asked for basically his release, and they ended up at the Lions, which is a perfect situation for him um, because he, he's going to get all the run he wants these last few weeks. Um, to showcase what he's got. No doubt, no doubt. I hope he's able to parlay this play into uh, into a, a you know a decent contract with the Lions, or or maybe somewhere else and get some get some dollars while he's while he's running hot. Let's move on to the next game. We went to Jerry World. 
Raiders on the road were able to eke out an overtime win, I think 33-30 to 30, over the Dallas Cowboys, who were without their top two wide receivers, uh, without Blake Jarwin. I think their offensive line was a little bit banged up as well. A um, lot of penalties. That was the main takeaway from this game. A lot of penalties. I think 24 in total. Just no ability for these teams to, to really get going. And Anthony Brown gave up four pass interference penalties, all of them on third down, and the crucial one in overtime to move the Raiders into field goal range. Didn't turn his head. You just can't play defensive back like that. It was a clear flag, and you would not be surprised to see him uh, removed from the roster after that performance. Yeah, it's not it's not great. Uh, it's not what you want to do as you know um, a young player. So I just thought that overall, I think the Raiders played very well. They came out, they had a plan, um, they stuck with it. Deshaun Jackson did Deshaun Jackson thing. Djax, I think, but I was I'm glad you brought his name up because I'm going to say. And I know, it, all, it feels like now just a little bit icky talking about Henry Ruggs because of the situation that he's had. I think Deshaun Jackson brings more to this Raiders offense than Henry Ruggs ever did. Uh, and maybe Henry Ruggs might have got there. We'll, we'll never see that now. But even Deshaun Jackson at this late stage of his career is still so damn dangerous if he gets it right. Yeah, and you saw there was a route he ran. Uh, I think it was a comeback route where the – I think it was in uh, the third or fourth quarter and the corner just gave him so much cushion. He just like stops. <laughs> he, just, like Derek Carr was, he wasn't even the first option. Like, and on that kind of route, you, you usually are like, oh, the first you know, option yeah. route, but yeah, he wasn't Derek the first option. Like, oh, all the time all in the world. Across the field. He's wide open. <laughs> stuff. <laughs> so yeah, he definitely had a good game. I mean, if he can just give him one or two of those kind of, plays a game like it's worth it uh the sad thing about this game was uh, the brian edwards stuff like he's pretty much dead and dusted um yeah it's weird uh hunter renfro looked amazing but uh, it's getting downfield getting hit with a deep ball with Derek. <laughs> like, of course by the way i've got to say of course fucking hunter renfro goes off this week and i'm playing it playing against him in a key key game and I pull up my phone and I wake up. I'm like, like what? Points. Hunter Renfro's got 20-something points? Are you shitting me? Oh, well, at least I've got a bunch of Darren Waller in my other leagues. Oh, wait, he left the game with a bone bruise. Are you shitting me? Yeah, it's, oh, it's a tough, tough situation. Real tough situation. But Hunter Renfro. Um, the, the Dallas backfield's interesting as well. I mean, I've always been a huge Tony Pollard fan. I think everyone knows that how talented Tony Pollard is. Like, I think he's probably could be like the second or third best back in the in the division um like talent wise and he's there with zeke and obviously zeke is does his zeke stuff and he was banged up coming in but yeah uh, i think it's an interesting kind of thing that's going on there so uh, whether they do like the two-headed monster or they do like the melvin gordon eckler thing i saw that on twitter somewhere um it's an interesting comparison um but i, I do think zeke has a little a tiny bit more than Gordon had at that point, maybe. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But Gordon's been very good as well. So it's it's just kind of like, yeah, the splashiness from Tony Pollard is he's quicker. People are like, ooh, look at that, or ah, look at that. And Ezekiel Elliott's more of like just like 
All right, cool. Three yards. Yeah, yeah. Especially when you consider what Zeke used to be. And he was never, obviously, he was never like the extreme lateral movement kind of guy. That's not his game. But he definitely had more explosiveness and more burst to his game that seems to have just gone. And I don't know whether that's age, accumulation, but he got the bag and he's not yeah, really I been mean, he's not really been the same since and you know they say the hungry dog runs faster and may, maybe that's maybe that's the case the problem is with the cowboys they're locked in they're locked into zeke and no team is going to want to absorb that contract and then you run the other issue as well is his relationship with dak is they are best buds they are real good friends you're going to piss off your franchise quarterback if you try to trade zeke elliott away now you might be able to get him to restructure his deal i don't really know but if I'm Tony Pollard, I'm refusing to sign a new deal with this organization unless there's some yeah. serious upfront guaranteed money. And I'm looking for a, a donkey of an organization to come in and give me a bell cow contract, get paid, because he hasn't earned all of that uh, all that much money at this stage in his career. Um, you know, I played Michael Gallup in some leagues. I played Cedric Wilson in a league. It just seemed, you know, Ooh. the Raiders secondary doesn't scare you all that much. And... Who else was Dak really going to be throwing to? They're competent receivers. Michael Gallup is playing his way into a huge contract as a free agent, peeled off 100 yards. Good to see him coming back. He was a favorite player of mine this week uh, going off of last week's show. So that was good to see. Uh, but really, huge win on the road. Bad loss for the Cowboys. They're doing everything in their power to really cock up the uh, the lead that they have in the in the NFC East and let the, let the Philadelphia Eagles back into the division race. Yeah, definitely, especially with the Eagles uh, schedule the rest of the way. Yep, yep. So keep an eye on Darren Waller. As I said, he left the game with a bone bruise on his knee. Uh, and my understanding, that it shouldn't be too serious. It's a, you know, they've kind of got this mini buy now because they've got three days till Sunday and then they play next Sunday. So they do have a bit of time to get that right. And I think it's just going to be more pain management. Uh, Troutman before this game, uh, excuse me, no, I'm jumping ahead of myself. Let's so let's move, move on to the, um, to the Saints-Bills game. Uh, and a couple of days before this game, I just wanted to say Troutman, who had a really good game against the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, was then placed onto IR, which is just another weapon down for the New Orleans Saints. This is just things are getting abysmal here, and they got absolutely shit-canned by the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen threw four touchdowns. Stephon Diggs uh, is now the legal father of Marshawn Lattimore. And, yeah, just a bad game for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, all round, not much to 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 uh, to get excited about there. But the big news on the Buffalo side of things: Zach Moss, healthy scratch for the second time this season. The Bills feel like they found something. Matt Breda, who got into the end zone again, and and, and Dawson Knox having a, a a huge day as well. Is Dawson Knox becoming like a top eight dynasty tight end? Like every week, he's playing himself into. A, a tight end one week. At what point do we have to start treating him as a serious dynasty asset at the tight end position, which is notoriously thin outside of the top five guys? Yeah, I think he definitely do needs to do that uh, starting now. I mean, he's right there around the five six mark this year at fantasy points per game. He's number six, so um, that should show you where where he's at. Fantasy points per target. He's number two. Um, he's only you know, the tight end four. Excuse me, he's tight end fourteen in DLS rankings. Now I'm sure they need to be updated, but how are you going to have Irv Smith Jr. 
or Dallas got it right. ahead ahead of I know Dallas just got his contract, but I know he's got this contract, but like Dawson Knox is outplaying him constantly, and he's younger. I think Dawson Knox is twenty five. Yeah, he's a year younger. Like yeah, like that. I think that's probably a good um, toss up point between those two. Yeah, uh, I think yeah. Go- going forward, I think it's just the way that this. I heard a good description of this on. Um, Orange Sharp podcast and on the ringer, uh, they're talking about the receiving core for the Buffalo Bills and how most teams build their receiving cores like basketball teams. So they have like the the bigger receiver, then they have like you know like a smaller like the tweener guy, then they have like a smaller Mm guy. Um, And the Bills just kind of just sold out on not having those guys. Like they have Diggs, who's you know good route runner. They got Beasley, who can do a lot of option route stuff, but they didn't really have you know, like that bigger body guy. And I think Knox has kind of fulfilled that role in a way, especially in the red zone. They don't yeah, really, yeah. like between, between the 20s, it's kind of weird. Like they don't like look to check it down to him or anything. But um, once they get towards the, the red zone, they, they look for him like on little leak outs and little um, seam routes and things like that, mm-hmm, wheel mm-hmm. routes. Uh, I think uh, he's definitely a matchup problem down in the red zone. And if they're going to continue to use him like that, I mean – his future, I mean, he could easily end up with double digit touchdowns, you know, you know, year after year here, the next few years. Yeah. And I suppose outside of those top tier elite tight ends, you're looking for red zone involvement and touchdown upside because there really is only a handful of guys who are utilized as pseudo wide receivers or as, you know, primary or at least secondary options in their team's passing attack. Outside of that, you're, you know, you, you're looking for that upside and, certainly attached to Josh Allen, this forward-thinking offense that, that Dawson Knox certainly has that kind of upside. Uh, was there anything else from the Bill Saints game you want to talk about? Because it was there was just I'm nothing just, from the Saints it, side. Not not really, but, I mean, I think the whole Taysom Hill thing is just weird. <laughs> yeah, he's, he got a, a second contract this year. Uh, obviously, the Saints are just doing all kinds of salary cap witchcraft, and Taysom Hill is definitely a Ponzi scheme, and I don't know what's going on there. It's weird. It's cool that they're forward thinking in so far as you know. We, we might see this more often, where an agent wants their t- you know. T- we've just been talking about tight ends, and there's a clear difference between those top guys who are de facto wide receivers, and you know maybe there's new contracts to be made moving forward where if a player has X number of snaps in this alignment, then he's got to get paid, uh, you know, this rate versus this rate. And I think it's yeah, creative. The, the, the weird thing was is they're like cutting to him in the sideline. He's sitting there. He hadn't played a snap and they're saying well, he's, like, Oh, he's got a foot injury. Okay. Yeah. So he was like the emergency he's a, quarterback. He's, a, he's an emergency quarterback yet. He can't get on the field, but he's dressed like if he's, that hurt, then why isn't he on IR? Like, why isn't Ian Book like the backup? Why isn't Ian booking reps right now? Um, like Trevor Simeon was absolutely horrid in this game. Because like, spoiler alert, Trevor Simeon is a fucking horrible quarterback. Like he absolutely stinks. Like, and I know he's not working with much, but you're absolutely right. You're on the money. See what you've got with Ian Book, and you go, Yeah, well, he might have a terrible game. Well, so did Trevor Simeon. Like, you can at least yeah, know something about his ability to face adversity or, or something. You're 100% right. 
Yeah, so anyway, that's a real football problem, not a fantasy problem, so don't worry about that. Yeah, I mean, for fantasy, like Taysom Hill is an absolute fantasy cheat code if he is the starting quarterback. Yeah, so if he gets to play, yeah. If he gets to play. It's weird. I don't understand when NFL teams do this. The The Dolphins have done it with Tua before, and it's like, he's got a fractured finger, he's going to be the backup, but he can go if they desperately need him, but they prefer not to. It's like, he's either good or he's not. I don't right. understand this half-in, half-out situation. It's very, very strange. Um, the last thing I would say, I, I saw a great clip come out from uh, Kevin Clark from The Ringer, uh, the NFL show, in interviewed Sean Payton. Do yourself a favor and go and find that clip because you will never find anyone who loves Taysom Hill as much as Sean Payton. I don't think Taysom Hill's parents love him as much as, as Sean Payton's. He was talking, he said, if they put him on the trade block, he said 31 teams would be calling up to get him on their football team. Now, I don't know. I, I don't, he was like, he can play quarterback. He can play H-back. He can play safety. He can play line. It's so, so strange. He's like, he's such an athlete. He can do everything for you. The the, the love obsession, the the, the, the the infatuation that Peyton has with Taysom Hill is hilarious and strange. Um, this football team has paid him a lot of money to do not a whole lot. Um, I will say, I, one, because they have such a dearth of options, Jawan Johnson in, in deeper leagues, if you're really desperately in need for a tight end, is a sneaky pickup in, uh, in 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 other leagues. We saw Nick Vendette get a touchdown this week, but not many options there. We've seen Simeon sort of lock on to the tight end position. Jawan Johnson is very athletic, former wide receiver. I like him in, in deeper leagues or as a bit of a dart throw or in tournaments in DFS as well. If you're going to pay down this weekend, oh, sorry, you're going to pay down in, in week 13, at the tight end position, John Johnson could be an interesting prospect as well. Um, so let's move on. Let's let's look at the rest of the games on this slate. We got fewer than usual, uh, and also we have the Cardinals and the Chiefs on bye week. Hopefully, finally, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins can get healthy because they are absolutely killing me in multiple <laughs> leagues, and they're always late game time decisions as well. So hopefully, they're back after this week. And of course, you want the Chiefs to get their shit together offensively and hopefully come back firing. Andy Reid in the bye week, we know he looked the only, you know the only thing he loves more than the bye week is a hoagie. So hopefully they can get it together and come out firing in week 13. But let's move on for the rest of these games. The Bengals versus the Steelers, AFC North, rival matchup here. What's your big takeaway from this game? Yeah, I'm a little worried about um, my guy, Joe Mixon, in this game. He's only ran for 100 yards once versus Pittsburgh in his career. He's only scored one touchdown against the Steelers in his career. Um, it's a little bit worrying, but if that Pittsburgh defense can't get healthy, then I'm not that worried. Like I'm not worried to the point where I'm not starting him. It's just something that I'm keeping in mind. So if you're playing DFS or something like that, I'm probably going to find another option in this game. So... Uh, yeah, so I just thought I would bring that up just because I am a mixing truther, and I think this is a little bit of a scary matchup for him. Yeah, this is this, yeah, given that there's barely any running back to the pulse anymore, you probably right. don't have the luxury to bench him. Yeah, you're not, you're not, not playing. Certainly temper expectations. This is a difficult matchup here. Um, I don't think the Bengals present too much uh, for the Steelers defensively. And I, I think you're playing all of your Steelers skill position players here. T. 
T. Higgins, I think people might be worried about playing him uh, because of his, his bad week last week against the Raiders. I would say hold the faith with T. Higgins. I like the talent. He's getting the opportunities, and I think a game is there sooner rather than later. Um, and I'm probably looking for, but I, I'm probably looking for a maybe a better option than than than, than Joe Burrow, who you know it has been. Yeah. A, it's, he feels like a mere option. He feels like he's going to get the, like you know high end QB two this not, week. He's no Kirk Cousins. That's all I know. He's no Kirk Cousins. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, there's, there are better quarterbacks out there, I think, this week. And let's moving on to the Dolphins versus the Panthers. And one of those quarterbacks I do like is Cam Newton, who had an excellent game in his return as the starter. Unfortunately, couldn't get it done on the final drive uh, to, to have a fairy tale ending. But Cam looked quite good. He looked better throwing the ball than I've seen him in a while. He looks healthy. He ran the football well. Obviously, he's got plenty of weapons around him. And the Dolphins don't scare you at all. So Cam Newton, for me, is in a prime matchup with serious like top five positional upside this week. Yeah, definitely. I think um, he's a, he's going to be a popular DFS play as well. Uh, Cam obviously had 26 points, I think, last week, and depending yes, on your scoring. Um, so definitely firing him up against the Dolphins. Last year against the Dolphins, he kind of decimated them on the ground. I think the first game he had like two rushing touchdowns. I think that the game plan against him, they're going to be blitzing the crap out of him. Um, so it's going to be very interesting if he can find a way to get the ball out to these playmakers, like they could have big games because it's just like one person, make one person miss an open field and it could be to the house. Right. And that's sort of, there's those skill position players that is sort of their their MO, right? You think quick, yeah, quick, sure. quick, getting the ball out quickly to Christian McCaffrey and and DJ yeah, Moore cool. and just letting letting them work. Sweet, let's do it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and and if the offensive line is able to to hold up or Cam is able to move the pocket and buy some time, Robbie Anderson deep. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's let's we we can work with that as well. So yeah, well, uh, Cam Cam very much in play this week. Uh, what what are you looking for in in this game? Yeah. Uh, Jalen Waddle, um, obviously, he's been getting tons of targets. So uh, you're going to love him in this matchup. I think he just keeps getting pepper of targets. I think he's had double-digit targets on three of the last four. Um, it's close to that. I think he had eight or nine last game. So, yeah, I'm firing up Jalen Waddle. Uh, he's pretty much PPR, power receiver two every week. So I mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, really like like what he's doing at the moment. Absolutely. And we're still really yet to see him have an absolute monster breakaway touchdown yeah. play. Just the way they're using him now is kind of it's, it's different. Well. It's it's it is it is difficult, but you have to think at some point one of those plays is coming. It could be this week, but either way, he brings you an excellent floor and so far an untapped ceiling, but, but plenty to like about Jalen Waddle this week and every week. Giants versus Eagles. Big rivalry game here. Um, you know, a few fantasy relevant pieces here. But for me, looking for a tight end, playing Evan Engram this week because the Philadelphia Eagles have been absolutely cheeks against the tight end position. It's something we've looked at and targeted the last couple of weeks. Paul Troutman, uh, before he got injured, was able to, to come good for you and get you your 
five for 50 odd and a score against the Eagles. They've given up the most fantasy points to tight ends um, in total on a points per game basis. So yeah, let's 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 ride with Evan Engram here. I think he can he can get you where you need to go. Um, particularly as the Eagles defend everything else quite well. Uh, Darius Slay is having a hell of a season. You like him to be able to take away uh, Kenny Golladay. Uh, and I just think it's just the way the Eagles are set up and they, you can be exploited by the, the tight end. So Evan Ingram, roll for me. Uh, for me, uh, we're firing up Miles Sanders if you haven't traded him already. And if you can trade him, do so. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> this is a, a good, great spot for him. Obviously, there's Jordan Howard who has an injury. Um, but other than that, if he actually gets used in the passing game, I know Boston Scott has been was a little bit of a thorn inside last week. Like if they actually throw him a pass, I don't know if the Eagles really pass anymore, but uh, if they do throw it, um, <laughs> that'll be good. Uh, but yeah, I'm firing up Miles Sanders this week uh, in this matchup against the Giants. Yeah, the Giants are giving up the six most fancy points per game using DraftKings scoring to opposing running backs. Uh, and you, so with Jordan Howard out, you'd have to imagine it's going to be the Kenny Gamewell is going to dress, but kind of tells you everything you need to know about him right now with the him being a healthy scratch last week, being the odd man out of that four man running back rotation. Uh, yeah. So good matchup here against the New York giants worth mentioning as well. Of course, we didn't really, we didn't touch upon it at the top of the show, but Jason Garrett has been fired as the, uh, as the offensive coordinator, finally clap it up for Jason Garrett, the clapper. Freddie Kitchens is going to be calling the plays, which again doesn't inspire confidence. I'm imagine we're going to see a healthy dose of Saquon Barkley, and you would hope, based on Hopefully. his his uh, you know at least tackle breaking ability, that they might try to scheme up some touches for Kadarius Tony and get him involved. But outside of that one big game that he had, it's been absolute nothing he's been a zero Kadarius Tony and yes he's duped around and broken tackles and sort of looked but I still you know he's a lot of manufactured touches a lot of close to the line of scrimmage type stuff haven't really seen him go out and dominate as that typical you know wide receiver alpha that you're that you're looking for and that team is sorely in need of an alpha wide receiver because Seemingly, Kenny, Kenny Golladay ain't it either. So potentially, they look to get Kadarius Tony involved, and I um, you know, don't hate starting him in, in, in deeper leagues this week. Tennessee versus New England, who are on a roll. The Titans got embarrassed by the Houston Texans in just a shameful loss. Couldn't get anything going. And their guy, Ryan Tannehill, was just awful. Please, for the love of God, do not play Ryan Tannehill this week. Not even in a serious emergency. Going against a New England defense, which is just humming at the moment. They are not giving up um, a whole lot of points to opposing quarterbacks. In fact, they are giving up the second fewest points per game to opposing quarterbacks this season. So Tannehill is not it this week, especially with concerns around the health of A.J. Brown, who was banged up several times last week and clearly didn't get the memo that it was A.J. Brown wide receiver one week. So, uh, yeah, I'm, nothing I'm to so, like about I'm, I'm so off A.J. Brown. I have one share and he's just... I love the dude, but he is just banged up all the time. He cannot stay yeah. healthy. It's been awful. 
Um, and this week, I'm not playing any Titans. I'm staying far, far away. Um, on the Patriots side, I'm looking at those running backs. I think that Patriots are going to run the ball a lot in this game. Um, play action off that. Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris expect to get, you know, probably around the same amount of carries. So I'm, I'm guessing they get, you know, anywhere from 10 to 15 each in this one. Yeah, and the Titans have all, you know, are back to being the fraudulent defense they are with dog shit cornerbacks. And they're also giving up the most fancy points per game to opposing wide receivers. So I very much like Jacoby Myers this week. Yeah, don't hate it. It's about time he gets a second touchdown. Second touchdown. It's about damn time. Uh, Jets-Houston in what is one going to be one of the sadder matchups of the season. Just a sad trombone. Uh, what's his name? Michael. Michael Carter is injured, so he's out this week, which leaves Ty Johnson and Tevin Coleman as the active or potential running backs. I like Ty Johnson this week. If I have him, I'd be playing him against this shitty Houston uh, defense, but primarily because of involvement in the passing game. I think he can get he can get those checkdowns. So, um, yeah, the Houston Texans as a matchup uh, certainly don't certainly don't scare you. Um, and they've considering that they've given up tw- an average of twenty five points per game to opposing running backs. And they've, but they've only given up nine touchdowns, which is on the lower end. Now, I'm not suggesting this Jets offense is all of a sudden going to turn into a powerhouse, but you know, there's the the, the potential there for some of that to, to to even out and the running backs get in and and with a score here. And I like Ty Johnson to be the guy to do that. Yeah, we're going on the other side of the ball. Um, it's Tyrod Streamer potentially. Um, he got in the end zone twice himself last week. Um, because they have no other running backs capable of doing that, I guess. Uh, and Cook, Brandon Cook's uh, bounce back game. I uh, expect you know against this Jets secondary, I think they could be had for a couple. So uh, oh, yeah. I think Brandon Cooks could get loose in this one. I mean, it's been a while since he's had a big game like he did in the beginning of the year. So uh, I could see him with a big, uh, big game versus versus the Jets here. And I just put a side note: sexy Rexy time. Um, if they're going to run the ball, uh, Rex Burkhead uh, looked like he was getting uh, – he was actually looking fairly efficient. I mean, he's not hes not actually sexy when you watch him play. <laughs> um, he's just a meat and potatoes guy. Like, he just gets what's blocked for him. But, you know, he, he plays hard, whatever that means. Um, and, you know, <laughs> he, he gets <laughs> But I just think that he looks he looked better than whatever David Johnson, the corpse of David Johnson's out there. Yeah, obviously the tight uh, excuse me the Texans if you missed the news wave Philip Lindsay, everyone's favorite great undrafted free agent story, he was picked up by the Miami Dolphins. But I actually prefer DJ to Rex Burkett cuz he's got he runs the passing routes and I think he's got he doesn't have really the juice left to to run the football but as an extension of uh, like as of the passing game I think he's <laughs> He's got a he's got he's got a bit left. David Johnson saw, has to be one of the saddest stories. Yeah. Remember when he was like a top five dynasty running back, and Arizona gave him that monumental fucking contract, and he was just so electric, and it's just it's gone so badly, and he's still not that old. 
How old is David Johnson? He's got to be, what, 29? He's 29 years old. Okay, he's going to be 30 this year. But he's only been in the NFL for six years. Yeah, it's over. It's over. Um, Yeah, so I saw a perfect – someone tweeted out, who knew David Johnson was the Larry Sanders of 2021? A little fullback from Cardinals back oh, in the day. So, oh. um, yeah, that's that's where we're at right now with him. I'm so curious. I, I got to check this. Good for him getting, you know, securing the bag. He's earned nearly $39 million in his career. Good for him. I hope he seems like a switched on smart guy. I hope, I hope he hasn't frittered away that money and, uh, you know, Playing in Texas, and I think I, I don't think Arizona has crazy Texas either. So hopefully he's he's got a good chunk of that cash left. So good for him securing the bag. But yeah, it's over. It's over for David Johnson. Uh, right, Tampa Bay versus Indy. The Buccaneers will be looking to bounce back uh, after a difficult game. Not the easiest necessarily matchup here, but I still like them in this game. But I do like coming back the other side. Michael Pittman going off against this soft secondary. I think there could be some points to be had in this football game. Yeah. Um, I I mean, I'm not going to say, you know, I think Tampa Bay get, handles the business here against the Colts. I know the Colts are a nice story right now. They're probably the second hottest team in the NFL right now. Uh, but I think this is a Brady destroys the Colts type of game. Uh, I don't think Brady has an affinity for the Indianapolis Colts, especially after the deflate gate. And right. I think he will forever hold a grudge against the Colts. And this is a perfect defense to do that. The Colts love playing zone on the back end. Um, they're going to be sitting in zone, and you do not want to be in that situation when playing uh, Tom, <laughs> Thomas Edward Brady. That might work against the Josh Allen types, but it does not work against Tom Brady. So good luck with that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Gronkowski is back as well. And there's even whisperings and rumors that one Antonio Brown might be back as well. So things trending upwards for this Tampa Bay passing game. I don't know what the status of Vita Vea is. Yeah, he is it abs- like he's close. He was he's- close last week. Right. And obviously you're not benching Jonathan Taylor or no. probably even not playing him in DFS because I think you know, it was obviously his price is going to have rocketed up. I, I'm not sure what his price is this week, but he showed even against what was seemingly a good Bills run defense, he's able to get it done. But but don't be expecting, you know, another huge three, four touchdown game. One, because I think the Colts are going to have to throw to keep up here. And two, like Vivea is a game changer uh, in, in terms of, of the running game. So just, just, Downgrade your expectations a little bit for Jonathan Taylor is is all. I'm really looking forward to in this game and watching Vita Vea play football is fun. He is he's just a monster of a human, and I'd love to see that matchup of him against the Colts offensive line and see what Jonathan Taylor can get going there. Atlanta versus Jacksonville in the second saddest matchup of the week. Maybe finally something can get get going for Trevor Lawrence, but with everyone dead at the receiver position. Um, <laughs> It's really not not looking likely, not looking likely for him. But for me, this week is a very nuanced, very detailed takeaway. You're gonna like this, Corey. Play everyone against Jacksonville because their defense stinks. Play Mike Davis, even Mike Davis. Play Cordero, P- 
Patterson. Kyle Pitts can have a day. If you're in a pinch, a little bit of Russell Gage. But I swore off playing Matt Ryan. I will never play Matt Ryan or suggest Matt Ryan again. I won't do it. I refuse. I'm principally against it. But get them skill positions out there for sure. Yeah, I, I get that. I I feel that. I feel your pain. Um, in this game, obviously you're playing James Robinson uh, if he's healthy and going. Um, but it's now or never for LaVisca. And I'm a big, huge LaVisca guy. This is this is his time now. I mean, right. Jamal Agnew um, gone to IR. If they've got any sense whatsoever and they need to see what they have with, with Visca, they will just transplant the play calls that they had for Jamal Agnew and go, okay, LaVisca, this yeah. is what we want you to do. Watch the film of the last three weeks. See what Jamal was doing. See how we got him implemented in the game plan. We need you to do this. Study the nuances and let's go. Yeah. If it doesn't we'll happen, it's never going to happen. Game and see what happens. Right. Maybe maybe something fun will happen. Maybe just let maybe, his God-given freak athleticism, size, speed, ability with the ball in his hands in open space. Just go, hey, LaVisca, just maybe maybe make some plays. Let's see what let's see what can happen here. Because we have nothing left to nothing to lose here. So we'll see about that. Chargers Denver, huge matchup here in in inside the division for the Chargers. Um I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing this game. I just enjoy watching the Chargers play. Obviously, sick uniforms. Justin Herbert's a stud. Austin Eckler, wow. Obviously going to be another monster game for him, as always. But the LA Chargers are a serious, serious uh, funnel defense when it comes to to, to, to to running the football. And I believe they've given up, they've given up the second most yards to opposing running backs. Uh, only second behind the Detroit Lions, who have played a game extra. Uh, the Chargers give up an average of 27.5 points per game to opposing running backs uh, per DraftKings scoring. So really like both running backs here. And Javante Williams is obviously starting to, to feel like he's getting out his backfield. But play Melvin Gordon with confidence here because he could easily get into the end zone. Yeah, he definitely could. Uh, I like both those running backs in this game. Uh, I left this entirely blank on our sheet <laughs> just because <laughs> I just don't know what else I can point to in this game. Like you're obviously playing, you know, you're playing Mike Williams, you're playing Keenan Allen. I don't know if you're playing Mike Williams. You have to play know. Mike Williams. You have to he's play a, Mike Williams. He's a bean. He was a mirage last week, like until that one play against the Steelers and it was like blown coverage. He'd done nothing during the game and seemingly it was just this trend going forward. You're like, why are they not involving Mike Williams? Now, maybe the fact that he had that big play might get them to look his way a little bit more. But, you know, this is not, you know, Dem Denver defense is, 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 is pretty damn good. So that concerns me a bit. Um, I'm I actually just You're playing him. You're playing him. Fair enough. I actually just traded away. Mike Williams in a in a dynasty rebuild. Oh, felt, that's that's just smart. Yeah, yeah. I uh, felt felt Game. good about that. I was able. <laughs> it's it's su super flex league, but I was able to get like two mid to high future second uh, second round picks, one in twenty two and one oh, in twenty three. I love second for, round for, picks. Yeah, for Cam, I got moved on Cam Newton, and I also moved on um, Mike Williams as part of that. So a sec second round pick for each of them, uh, the, and the team that has them is is pretty gross. 
So I feel feel good about the those those future picks in that rebuild. I will say as well, Colton Sutton got rewarded with a huge contract not oh, long after Tim Patrick. Um, yeah, I, I no, think we're not, we don't have to talk about Colton Sutton because he shouldn't be on your team. You should have traded him. How five weeks dare ago. you? How dare you? He is an integral part. And let's just wait until they get a quarterback because they have got an excellent pass catching group here with Jerry Judy, Colton Sutton, Tim Patrick is a, is as good as any wide receiver three in football. Noah fan, go and get Keep Aaron Rodgers. Go and Keep get going. Aaron Rodgers. They need to make this happen. The Dem Denver team is set up and ready. They are a quarterback away. That is, that is the only way Colin Sutton will ever get his value back from that contract. If they go and get like a bona fide starter from somewhere, if they bring in another like Teddy, Jimmy G, any of these guys, like it's just over. <laughs> well, that's the same for pretty much any wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, or maybe because I think so. I think I, you have to think this is part of a plan that they're putting this team in place to be attractive to land a quarterback. But well, I'm saying, I'm saying with all those weapons on that team, like Cortland Sutton is an afterthought right now. Um, so if you put him, like, say if Cortland Sutton was on his own team, like if Cortland Sutton was on a Patriots or something like that, like I would like him a lot more than I like him on this team because it's just not. They're not focused on getting him the ball. It's just, you know, we have 15 other options to get the ball to. Right. Uh, when, when you throw the ball 25 times a game, it's not good for Cortland Sutton. No, it's not. It's not. And that's the thing. But I think we've seen what he can do. And he was balling out earlier on this season. He's such a good deep threat. He's got great um, body control. He's a, he's a red zone threat. And that's why I think they're getting in place. Obviously, Jerry Judy's on his rookie deal. He's not going anywhere. So I think I think they're getting it all locked up for a, a run in the quarterback. But, uh, yeah. Right, hard, hard you to heard get... it here? Trade Cortland Sutton to Lewis in your leagues. There you go. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Um, Rams at Green Bay. This one is going to be an absolute barner, barner, barn burner, barn burner, banger. Rams coming off their bye week, which is good for them being able to integrate Odell Beckham Jr. into the game. Also get Von Miller healthy and part of that defense as well. And it's for that reason I am sitting Aaron Rodgers this week. Everyone saw his foot in the press conference, which was just fucking hilarious. Like I love, I love that Aaron Rodgers has just become like enemy of the media and just like calling people out and just does not give a fuck anymore it is hilarious uh he's managing a fractured toe and just trying to get through to the bye week so the fact that he's injured and compromised his mobility is going to be down um they lost um their starting guard what's his name um uh, uh no 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 that's tackled um as like eldon or else um El elgin oh what's his name uh Packers got IR uh, Jenkins. What's his name? Jenkins. Uh El Elton. Elton Jenkins on IR. So that's gonna be a problem as well. You want your interior absolutely on point with with Aaron Donald there. Uh and the fact that he's compromised, like I am not playing Aaron Rodgers this week. I would rather see Aaron Rodgers somehow put up 35 points on my bench. But what I cannot wait to see is Jalen Ramsey, who is without question now, and this, you know, it was like a debate at the start of the season. There is no debate. He is the best cornerback 
in the NFL. To see him going one-on-one with Devontae Adams is going to be awesome. So I don't think it's going to happen. I think he's going to sit in some zone. Uh, and moved, I don't think he's going to shadow him the whole game, but there will be the snaps where where um, <laughs> where um, Adams Adams has those battles. And hey, how about how about our prediction last week for what was going to happen with Devontae Adams versus the Vikings? <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, it was exactly exactly how we called it. Uh, but this game is going to be awesome. But I am I am sitting Aaron Rodgers here. There is no need to play him this week. I'd rather play Tyrod Taylor. Wink, wink. Look forward to the streams. I'd rather play Tyra Taylor this week than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, so I'm going to just talk. I think they get OBJ involved in this game. I think, you know, he only played like 15 snaps last game, I think, or 12, 12 or 15. Um, this is the week. I mean, he was only on the roster for like three days for that matchup. Right. He's had a whole week now to prepare for this, for this game. I think he gets involved. I think we see a huge game from him. I think Cooper Cup's obviously – you're playing him and you're not having any reservations about that. Um, and I just want to see what the Rams come out with as far as wrinkles go with their offense. Like, do they try to get this running game back started again um, with Henderson and how that all plays out as well? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I don't mind playing Odell Beckham at all. You just have to think with Sean McVay's offensive creativity and the fact that they need someone to step up at the place of, of, of Robert Woods. They've had this time. They've been specifically preparing through the bye week for the Packers. I think they'll have something in place to, to get going. And I, I think, you know, you could see a big, big game from, from Odell Beckham, a, a coming out game, if you will, for him in Los Angeles. Minnesota at San Francisco. This game could be could be, could be be quite feisty. could be interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing game. it. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this game. And, you know, give me all the Brandon Ayuk. This is what I drafted Brandon Ayuk. This usage over the last three or four weeks since he's finally out of Shanahan's doghouse, this is what I was taking him in the fifth round for. This is what I was expecting to have all season long. Unfortunately, it hasn't quite happened and turns out to be a bad draft pick. Eighth round, sure, you could have lived with it. Fifth round, he's probably sunk a few teams. But if you're able to hang in there, Ayuk is coming good for you. The Vikings over the past four weeks, according to BFF, ranked dead last in fantasy points allowed per game to opposing wide receivers. And over that same time frame, Ayuk is the wide receiver 21 on a points per game basis. So he's been a strong wide receiver too for you. Uh, I think he can get it done against the Vikings again this week. Yeah. Uh, Jamar Jeff- or, sorry, um, Jefferson, absolute stud. My God, he is good. He is very good. I think he is... If you didn't know, I think he's what top three dynasty asset right now. Um, especially at wide receiver. Uh, oh, easily. I think the top three dynasty assets in terms of value right now should be, and probably close to our being, uh, Jonathan Taylor, yeah, uh, uh, Jamar, Jamar Chase, and, and Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I just think that he's an absolute stud. I'm just, yeah, I'm curious how the Vikings play this game. Uh, I'm curious how, like, it's such a trap game for them to fall into just running the ball because um, I don't think the 49ers are going to try it. Like, the 49ers aren't going to blow them out, I don't think. I think the 49ers are just going to kind of string them along, and it's going to be like, 49ers are up seven, and it's like, Vikings come out first and ten, hand off the cook, gets two yards, second and eight, incomplete, third and eight, oh, shit. Right. 
you know, three and Dig themselves into a hole and be like, hey, Kurt, can you bail us out, please? Right. And I hope they come out, you know, gunning from the, from the start. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to this game. Another game I, I'm looking forward to, even though it could be really gross because Baker Mayfield is being held together with, with scotch tape at this point, <laughs> is Cleveland at Baltimore. Just a rivalry game, hard-nosed. Going to be a big Nick Chubb game. They're going to lean heavy on the running game. But you cannot start any Cleveland pass catchers or Baker Mayfield outside of like the deepest of Superflex leagues. And even then, like it might be better to play Joe Flacco. Seriously. Like this could be a but real tough Joe Flacco's game. not playing. You have to play Zach Wilson. So is Zach Wilson playing? Yeah, because uh, Flacco's got COVID and so is Mike White. I can't keep up with this fucking Jets quarterback carousel. <laughs> Shit. I still, there's a chance Baker might get you minus points. I still might play Joe Flacco and take the safe zero. No, this could be a this could be a this could be a week where you play a skill position player and your quarterback and Baker's your uh, Baker is your quarterback yeah. too. I, I just this is rough. Uh hopefully Lamar Jackson is back after all of the question marks around last week, and you hope Hollywood Brown is back as well. If Hollywood Brown is not back and Lamar is still not practicing and questionable with illness, are you playing Lamar Jackson? The only league I'm considering not playing Lamar Jackson is the league I have Brady as well. So, right, like um, I'll probably play Brady over him in that league. Um, every other league I have him, I'm playing him. Man, I just think with not practicing, and he's had some kind of like real bad bug. He's been shitting himself senseless. Like, he says he's takes... feeling great. All right, if he's feeling, yeah, if that's a strange illness. <laughs> strange illness, Matt. Yeah, uh, man's been putting his face where it doesn't belong. I think and uh, picking up some 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 bacteria, shitting his pants again. Um, yeah, I, I suppose with Lamar, right? His value comes from 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 his legs and it doesn't really matter if Hollywood's in or out. Uh, so it's just a, a situation of monitoring his health. Cause if he is under the weather, potentially they, they don't ask him to run the football as much. And if there's no Hollywood Brown, you start to get concerned, but yeah. I Cleveland's mean, he, defense. he crushed Cleveland last year. I mean, yeah. 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 Like I'm not worried about the matchup. It's just, yeah. If, if they, they might feel like they can get it done with, with, with Tyler Huntley, especially cause the, the, oh, no. the they cannot get it done with Huntley. They got so lucky last week. I know. <laughs> he is. He is the Tyler Huntley is the is the uh, the Dollar he's Tree like, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, he, yeah, exactly. He's like the super hurt version of Lamar Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear me! All right, and the final game. Um, somehow Tyler Lockett got there and and got you what you need last week, but. Shit, man. Russell Wilson is broken. Russ, the Seahawks fucking stink. Pete, this this has come to a crossroads now where the Seahawks have to decide between Russell Wilson and old man Pete Carroll and his shit for brains, like, obsession with establishing the run and refusing to back Russell Wilson. Now, I know Russ hasn't been the best, but this is a constant theme over the past few years, and they have wasted wasted the elite talents that Russell Wilson has because Pete Caron is an old stubborn son of a bitch who wants to chew gum and run the football. And 
I just think this could be a real get right spot for the offense, which papers over the cracks because the Washington defense just plain stinks. They're not going to be able to get even against the Seahawks offensive line. They have no um, um, Chase Young. They might get Montez swept back, but the pass rush doesn't really scare you that much. The cornerbacks stink. If 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 Russ is going to get right, if this Russ is can't do it against spot. Washington. Just pack it up. Just pack it up. Sit him down for the season. That's it. If they lose this game to Taylor Haneke and the football team, it is over. That is all she wrote. Force a trade, Russ. Get out of there. Go and go to Denver. That's what I would love to see. Never mind Aaron Rodgers. Cortland I would Sutton's love back. Cortland Sutton is back. Jerry Judy. Like I would love to see that. Love to see that. I know Russ loves Russell. I don't think um, Denver maybe is the the city though that. Um, yeah, Sierra. Wants Sierra to wants to go to maybe. Don't <laughs> um, <but yeah. laughs> mean means big market, but yeah, going from Seattle to fucking Denver. <laughs> From one hippie ass town to another, she's like, I just want, I just want to go to New York and and and, and cut records and, and be oh, famous. Man. And Russ is like, Come on, come on, we got to, we, we just got to go smoke no. weed with the hippies. Um, I think, um, yeah, with this yeah. game, I I really think like I wrote for um, King Fantasy Sports this week that DK and Tyler Lockett are in my cells column. I'm really just worried about the whole view of the organization right now. I really think, you know, obviously with last offseason and DK has been fine just because he's been buoyed himself with touchdowns, but it's just, it's not being pretty. It's not what we expected when we drafted him. You know, when people are saying like he's a top five, right, you know, right, dynasty wide receiver, like this is not what you want like you don't want to go through these ebbs and flows His- and then Russell Wilson's I think he's had only one 300 yard game this whole year and it's just been terrible like if, if they're gonna end up being like a five and you know 13 team or whatever it is like I can't imagine that Russell Wilson's gonna be happier with, with that situation. And they don't have their you know, first round pick because they inexplicably they traded no two, way to get it better. two away for Jam- uh, Jamal Adams who Currently is on. Tr- who currently has the same number of interceptions as me? As as no, he has one. He has one. Oh, he has okay. his first career interception. Um, I think I want to say Vince Wilfork. I think it was Vince Wilfork <laughs> has a career interception as well. Hey, he's a semifinalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He is. So, he is. Let's get him in there, Big Vince. Um, we get Vince on this podcast. That would be. Oh my god! Can you imagine? Absolutely one of my all-time favorite players. And now we'll he just we'll wears, we'll get our wears, people to reach out. wears overalls and sells barbecue. Like what a king living the absolute dream. Um, yeah. I just might, my, my final takeaway for this game. And then we'll move on to our streams and wrap it up. Cause we're going to come in over an hour for this one, Corey. We've been very ill disciplined with our team, our team, our time. Never, ever sit Terry McLaurin. You dolts. Like I read I several, agree. I read several articles last week of different reputable fantasy website saying sit Terry McLaurin. Even if there's a fire, never sit Terry McLaurin. He's amazing. He's one of the top like seven wide receivers in football. Like I haven't like off the top of my head, he is that talented. So play Terry McLaurin and this is a great matchup from here. That's all I wanted to say. Let's move on to the streams. Quickly run through these. Fortunately, I was able to get it done on the quarterback side of things. Cam Newton, Corey's guy. 
in a in a horrible turn of events for Corey. Um, got it done with 26 points against Jimmy G, who had a reasonable 16, so I was able to get it done this week. Mentioned several <laughs> times how much I like Tyrod this week. You can't so take I... Tyrod. <laughs> What's happening? Bro! <laughs> <laughs> I told oh, you, you, you early bird gets the gets gets the worm. You've got to be in on the sheet and get getting your guy. There's all's fair in love and war. You got to be quicker, man. This is, I've been. This is a stitch up. Did you <laughs> <laughs> stop the count? Oh. <laughs> oh man. Ah uh, well. Since since Lewis took my guy Tyrod, uh, give me give me Tua, give me Tua versus Carolina's defense. Yeah, I, I I actually don't hate that one either. He was he was one of the other names I was looking at, um, but I <laughs> but I know I know because you would like you know you love Brandon Cooks. I was thinking you might go Tyrod. I was like I'm just gonna do it, just piss him off. Let's move on to the tight ends. Because what the shit? Dan Arnold peeling off targets after targets in three consecutive weeks. Zero, zero, zero. And so this guy, Corey, just Stephen Bradbury's his way to another victory in the tight end streaming matchup with 2.2 fucking points from Cole Komet. Are you serious? This has been absolutely atrocious like truly truly bad and if we look, <laughs> look at the average points over the course of the like the tight end matchups like i actually have more average points than than than, than cory game works i know i know but he's eked out these absolute terrible wins with <laughs> Like sub four point wins, and it's just crushing me in the in the win losses. So, um, you 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 love you love to see it if you're if you're a Corey fan, and you absolutely <laughs> hate to see it if you are me. So, yeah, what a nightmare. But I this week uh, I'm playing Evan Ingram against against the Eagles. Uh, I, I, I I talked about him earlier, so you know my reasons. Uh, but you know, give, I'm- given we know how the tight end streams go. Evan Ingram's gonna tear his ACL on the first fucking drive, and Corey's gonna Corey's gonna get there with like, I don't know. You, you're, I'm gonna tell you who I'm gonna tell you who, and you're gonna laugh because I'm gonna choose someone just to just to see if we can pull this off again. Taking Donald Donald Parham. Oh fuck! Come on! Touchdown, baby! Let's go. Yeah, no, it's probably going to happen. I love Donald Parham, so that was just that's just assault in the wounds. This is really, just really pissed me off in the in the tight end streaming contest. Um, but that'll do it for this week. Let's get it out of here. We've just crossed over the hour threshold, so we're going to wrap it up here. Remember, follow the Vault Studio on all the social media platforms. You can find us. Make sure you subscribe to the pod if you are on listening on Apple Podcasts. Please, please, please scroll down to the bottom of the feed where the review section is. Just hit the five stars. Helps other people find the podcast and increase the visibility. Uh, and if you want to support the the, uh, the studio through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the vault studio, we've got loads of, of, of awesome stuff coming through there for the Patreons. We appreciate everyone who does support the podcast. Uh, but that will do it for this week. 
best of luck with your week 12 matchups. Hopefully you, you know, you didn't get buried already in the first three games or you've got a nice lead, but good luck this week. And that will, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get on out of here and we'll catch you next week. Corey, I'll talk to you later. All right, man. See ya. Bye.